Welcome to the Same Side Selling Podcast. I am your host, Ian Altman. One of the questions I've been getting a lot lately has to do with email outreach. And businesses are telling me now that things that used to work a few years ago aren't working now. Their messages are falling on deaf ears. They're, they're coming up with, they think, are great email campaigns, but no one's responding to them. They're trying to use LinkedIn. They're using different tools. It's just not working out for them. And there are a few things that I see as traps that people fall into when it comes to cold outreach that hopefully I can give you some insight into, some things that we've helped our clients change to generate much better results than what they got in the past. The first thing we need to recognize is that if you go into any good-sized organization, one of the top priorities of their IT organization is to keep spam and sales-related messages out of people's inboxes. So if you're using tools like HubSpot, if you're using ConvertKit, if you're using you know, whatever tool you want for email automation, and that's sending the messages, in all likelihood, your messages may not be being delivered at all to your intended recipient. At best, they might be in their promotion or spam folder. So the first thing you have to look at is your deliverability to make sure your messages are actually getting through to the intended recipient. That's just like base table stakes. But here's the trap that I see people fall into. What happens is teams spend time coming up with these email campaigns. They review, they read through stuff, they comment, and everyone gets it together and says, wow, you know what? This is really great. This message really resonates. I think this is the greatest message we've ever put out in email. And it might be if you were the customer, but you're not the customer. So what happens is people in marketing and sales put together an email campaign and look at it through their own lens and say, wow, that's a pretty compelling message. We put in some stuff that talks about how great we are as a business. I'm sure people are going to call us back, but they don't. And here's why. If you want to get top results for your team, take a look at the Same Side Selling Academy. Just visit samesideselling.com to learn more. The trap people fall into is you're not putting yourself in your client's shoes. So you're not looking at it from the perspective of, if I was the customer, would I open this email based on the subject line? Because if I don't pass the subject line test, I'm never getting to the content test. Because if I'm looking at my inbox and I see a whole bunch of messages and I see something that looks obviously like someone just trying to sell me something, I'm probably going to delete it before I ever open it. And the same thing goes for your client. So your client or potential client, when they see stuff that looks like it's just outright sale, outright someone trying to sell you something, you go, no thanks, just looking, and you throw it in the trash. Then we have to ask yourselves, okay, so if I got past the smell test of the subject line, would I read the entire email? Or is it too long? I don't know about you, but when I get email messages, the first place I usually read them is on my phone. And a message that you think looks pretty short and concise in your email system, when you look at it on your phone, might look pretty long. And if you get a message from somebody you don't know, and it sounds at all like it could be sales-related, and it's really long, 
you're probably going to throw that in the trash before you ever read it. So the question if you ask yourself is, how would you react? And how do you make it so you don't come across like somebody selling something? Well, there are a few different concepts that you can use. The first is you want to come across like somebody who was showing up to solve, not sell. What that means is that we need to have the humility and actually a little bit of a sense of humor. So you might even say something like in an email, you might start by saying, look, there are only two reasons why it might make sense for us to speak. And about half the people we talk to don't have one of those two reasons, which means if that's the case for you, you can simply reply and say, there's no need and I'll know not to bother you again. Here are the two biggest things that that people like you come to us for help with. If one of these strikes a chord with you, let me know and we can see if we can help. And if neither one of these does, let me know that too so I know not to bother you. Because the people who have those issues tell us that we've changed their world, but not everybody has those issues. That humility, that disarming is basically your way of saying, look, I'm not going to sit here and try and sell you stuff that you don't need. I'm only trying to help solve the problems that are important for you. So how do we define the problems that we solve for them? When I talk to most businesses and I say, well, what problems do you solve for them? The response I get is a detailed description of the services that company offers, which is not the problem the client is facing. So for example, if I'm selling marketing services, the problem that someone is trying to solve is not that they can't find anybody who will do marketing services for them. Because if they have a keyboard and Google, they can find a million companies that do that. But what they might be saying is, man, I'm I'm really frustrated because I've been spending money on marketing that isn't generating results. It's causing us to lose market share. And if this keeps up, we're not going to budget to do anything. And we might lose enough market share that we're no longer viable. Well, that's a real problem that someone might be trying to address. But they're never saying, oh, well, I, I can't find somebody who does marketing. I can't find somebody in financial services. I can't find an IT company. I can't find somebody who helps in this manufacturing area. That's not their issue. Your goal is to seek the truth and build trust. And the way you do that is you share relevant information. So you might, for example, put out some sort of a poll in LinkedIn. You might say, we hear from our clients different issues that are the biggest challenge for them. We've listed them here. Tell us which one you think is the highest priority today in today's market. And if people start voting on that as a LinkedIn individual, you will now see who voted for which of those polls, who gave which answer. You'll also now now have empirical research. So you can say two weeks later, we conducted a poll We conducted a survey, we conducted research to find out where people felt was the biggest issue for them. And it turns out that 59% of the people felt it was this issue. How common do you think that is? And now you come across as a subject matter expert presenting data related to some research you did, and you're checking with them to see, is that consistent with their view of the world? Now, which one would you respond to? Hey, here's the latest research on the biggest challenges facing marketing departments in software as a service companies, or, hey, I'd like to introduce myself and my company to you. Maybe you can buy our stuff. So the former is much better than the latter. The latter is, hey, can I sell you something? And people's response 
digitally speaking, is no thanks, just looking, no thanks, not interested. But if we pique their interest by saying, here's some research that we have, here's some data, here's some trends that we're seeing, it might even be such and such a company who we worked with was struggling with this, and six months later, we flipped that around, and now they're achieving amazing results. And just because we did that for them doesn't mean it'll work for you, but if that's something you're facing, I'm happy to learn more about your situation to see if we might be able to help. Now, that's something that in same-side selling, we refer to as the same-side pitch. It's in chapter four of the same-side selling book. The bottom line is when your email campaigns are not working, when your cold outreach is not working, the first place to look for answers is the mirror. You have to ask yourself, would I open the email based on the subject line? And more importantly, would somebody in that role open the email based on the subject line? Would I read the email or is it too long for me? And how would I react if I read that? And here's the other thing. If you have three key points that you solve and you're trying to figure out how to make the email shorter, say there are three big issues that we see. In this email, I'm going to talk about the number one thing that we see. And then if I don't hear back from you over the next week or so, I'm going to send you the other two. You'll tell me if one of those resonates. And that way, our goal is to create a dialogue or conversation, not just pitch something. If this is helpful, please share it, subscribe, like, say something positive, give us a smile, send an email, whatever it is. If there are topics you'd like me to cover, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. And I'll see you next week on the Same Side Selling Podcast. So long.